Today's episode is brought to you by Positively Productive Systems, whose mission is to be the antidote to your stress and to provide compassionate productivity resources and coaching that help you heal and achieve. Be sure to check out both free and paid resources at PositivelyProductive.com slash resources. Self-care is exactly as it sounds. It's caring for you, yourself. It's recharging, nourishing, energizing, and spirit-lifting. It can also involve protecting your limits, like saying no and changing your approach. The goal is to replenish you and allow you to be your best. The issue I've seen with clients over and over again is that self-care is seen as optional. When the world is pulling you in so many directions, you often skip your own self-care. It doesn't seem like a big deal in the moment, right? People in your life are demanding your time and you want to give it to them, but then you suffer. I mean, you don't think of it that way at first until it happens again and again, and you realize too late, you have nothing left to give. You're listening to the Positively Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Zarotny, founder of Positively Productive Systems and a coach certified in time and stress management, helping clients make space for what matters most in their lives. Join me each episode and we'll talk about decluttering, stress management, habits, personalized productivity, gratitude, and so much more. I understand the overwhelm of life because I'm a wife, mom to kids and cats, and a former caregiver. I'm here to help you choose what's right for you so you can do less, live more, and breathe easier. Sound good? Let's get to it. Do you ever look at your calendar and wonder how to fit in time for you? Worse yet, have you given up even trying? Then this episode is for you. Welcome back to the Positively Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Zarotny, your productivity and organizing coach dedicated to helping you make space for what matters in your life and ensuring that includes you. I'm so grateful you're here with me today. I think podcasting is a form of self-care for me because I love the time we spend together and sharing what I've learned with you. And if that sounds unexpected, hang on, we'll dig into this today, including how self-care may not be what you think it is and how to embrace that to your benefit while creating a personalized self-care plan that you'll actually follow. Before we get into it, a couple of administrative notes. I'll be including the Joylist worksheet in this discussion and ask you to complete it as part of creating your self-care plan. While it's not mandatory to begin making progress, it's a critical step to ensure that you're including the right things in your plan. If you're able, download it and have it ready to complete as you're listening. If you're driving or otherwise unable to access the worksheet, I recommend listening to the episode once through and then going back and listening again with the Joylist worksheet. You can head to positivelyproductive.com slash resources to access the free resources hub. This is where you'll find the Joylist and many other worksheets and resources referenced on the podcast. Now, let's talk self-care. First of all, why is it necessary? Self-care is exactly as it sounds. It's caring for you, yourself. It's recharging, nourishing, energizing, and spirit-lifting. It can also involve protecting your limits, like saying no and changing your approach. The goal is to replenish you and allow you to be your best. 
The issue I've seen with clients over and over again is that self-care is seen as optional. When the world is pulling you in so many directions, you often skip your own self-care. It doesn't seem like a big deal in the moment, right? People in your life are demanding your time and you want to give it to them, but then you suffer. I mean, you don't think of it that way at first until it happens again and again, and you realize too late, you have nothing left to give. Let's not let it get to that point anymore. Three things I want you to remember about self-care. One, denying yourself doesn't make you a better caregiver. It's not the Olympics where you get points for extra level of difficulty in life. It's a beautiful thing to give, and I love your heart for it. But when you don't get what you need, it's not good for anyone involved. Two, lack of self-care creates a number of problems like low energy and frustration, which then leads to mistakes and confusion and overwhelm, which tanks your productivity. Worse yet, it perpetuates an idea that we need to neglect ourselves in order to succeed. We unintentionally push that agenda on our peers and teach our children to do the same. It's time to break the cycle. And three, self-care isn't always what you think it is. It's nourishing your soul and protecting your well-being for no other reason than you deserve it and honoring your needs above others' wants so that you can show up fully. How you do that is completely up to you. If you've followed me for any length of time, you probably know I am a quote lover and I collect them happily about all kinds of topics. So you know I had to sift through some of my favorites for today's podcast. But I don't want to take up the whole recording on quotes, so I'll give a quick overview with some snippets of some of my favorites and read one that I really think brings it all home. And if you'd like the list, DM me on Instagram at positively underscore Lisa, and I'll send it to you. Also, if you have one of your own to share with me, please do. I'd love to add it to my collection. On the topic of self-care, Christopher Germer says it's giving the same kindness to ourselves that we would give to others. And Melody Beattie, one of my favorites, your best movements, your joy, peace, and healing come when you love yourself. Melissa Steganis says it's your fuel what keeps your motor running. And Lori Buchanan says it's deliberate choice to gift yourself with people, places, things, events, and opportunities that recharge your personal battery. And Parker Palmer says it's never a selfish act. It's simply good stewardship of the only gift you have to give. Well, one of my favorites is from Susan Weisberry. With every act of self-care, your authentic self gets stronger and the critical fearful mind gets weaker. Every act of self-care is a powerful declaration. I am on my side. I am on my side. Each day, I am more and more on my own side. Are you ready to be on your own side? Then let's go through the five steps to create a personalized self-care plan. Step one, specify. This should come as no surprise. You need to figure out what self-care is for you before you can make it part of your plan. Clarity and goals go hand in hand, but it's more than that. It's also learning what works for you that may not be obvious. It's common to think of pampering as self-care, and that can be true. I love a good pedicure, but we need to think beyond that. This is where the joy list worksheet comes in. Complete the questions included in the worksheet. There are only eight of them, so it's going to be quick. To identify the people, places, activities, and things that support you in a variety of ways. It's not just what's fun. 
It's what strengthens you and calms you, what makes you breathe easier and feel special. These questions are helping you assess a number of things, including what will work best for energy management and what your love languages may be. Step two, select. Choose three to five of these ideas to start that feel like your favorites or like they'll have the most impact for you. In productivity, this is the 80-20 principle at play, otherwise known as the Pareto principle, where 80% of your results come from 20% of your effort. It's one of my favorite leveraging techniques where you can be selective in what you do and still get most of the way to your goal. Think about the things that are easiest to do but really fulfill you. What are the activities that make you feel energized and soothed the fastest or seem to make everything else better? One example for me is when I take time to eat a satisfying meal as opposed to junk food over the sink. (laughs) Or let's be honest, when I eat food in general, (laughs) I'm not even kidding when I tell you I paused making notes for this episode to go eat. And I'm pretty sure the episode is going to be that much better as a result. An example of self-care for me that has a big impact for a small amount of time is napping. I set a timer for 20 to 25 minutes so I don't get pulled into a sleep cycle, which would make me groggy and defeat the purpose, and I allow myself to fully relax, even if I don't fall asleep. It's amazing how recharged I feel after that. And when it comes to small efforts that feel big on the cozy and satisfying scale, reading does that for me. Made extra luxurious, luxurious, that's easy for me to say, good thing I'm in podcasting, right? extra luxurious (laughs) by a warm cup of magic I call coffee. Step three, find the smallest version of these. Now that you have the top three to five to start with, identify the smallest, simplest ways that you can start incorporating them. Ask yourself, what's the shortest amount of time you could start with or the fewest steps, but you'll still have the impact. This is the foundation of creating habits and it's an important step. Here's why. When we want to start doing something, if we make it too complicated or too long, it reduces the chance we'll do it, which reduces the chance of doing it consistently, which means our habit doesn't take. If, however, we start really small, sometimes so small that it doesn't feel like enough, that allows us to build consistency. We're able to do the thing and feel like we're winning. And quick wins, oh man, the dopamine hits in the brain. It encourages us to keep going. And when you do, you can start stacking more time and more elements to those habits, but start small. I mentioned one of my favorites is reading. I love the relaxed feeling of sitting in a chair in the quiet with a beverage and reading. And I'd love to say that's a realistic venture for me most days, but let's be honest, it's not. So the starting point is something simple like 10 minutes or 10 pages. I pick a time of day I feel most likely to succeed with that and set a timer. Yes, I know that can sound strange, but timers allow us to be fully present in the moment instead of distracted by how we need to get this over with, which is a sad attitude when you're working on self-care, but stress will do that. I promise you, you'll get more out of a 10-minute activity with a timer set where you are fully present and experiencing it than you would a 30-minute or longer one where your mind was elsewhere. Step four, schedule it. This is where you move past the I don't have time excuse. 
you have small, doable options that you know will have a great impact. Now is the time to find the points in your day to tuck them in and create self-care momentum. What time frame and frequency would work best to start? Think of the principles of habits and make it easy at first. Daily might be amazing, but would weekly be easier for now, even monthly? It depends on what you're trying to incorporate, whether it costs and what your budget is, and how doable it feels to you within your schedule. At first, it may feel like you are pushing your limits, but over time, the habit will kick in and it will feel like the routine you want. Some examples of how I schedule my self-care include setting a day for it. Tuesdays have a self-care theme for me, so I set an intention to do something from my list on those days. This allows me a great deal of flexibility, and it also ensures that at least weekly I'm doing something that will really boost my energy. Scheduling bigger, more costly items further out, so like six to eight weeks maybe for a pedicure. I'm still getting it in, but I'm stretching it out further, which is really good for my budget and for scheduling. And connecting daily habits to other habits I already do, which I call anchoring. You want to take your new habits you're trying to do and find one that you're already doing consistently and put them together, and that's going to help you be more consistent. Step five, share it. Now it's time to share your joy with others so they can support you. And there are two key components to this. One is that the more you communicate with those you care about, letting them know what you need, the more they'll understand you and know how to support you very specifically and not just, you know, in general. And the second is that this is where boundaries come into play. While it's important to understand what you need and begin this process of scheduling and practicing it, it's less effective if you don't share it. Keep in mind, you don't have to share all the details. We don't have to tell each other everything, okay? (laughs) I would hope family and close friends and biz besties wouldn't judge what you need to do for you. But if you struggle with how others feel, don't let that block you, okay? This is where you practice being unavailable. I'm using the air quotes, okay? At certain times. You don't have to detail your personal time to others, but you do need to define it as a time that they cannot impede upon. I'm curious, what jumped out at you? Surprised you? Challenged you? Does this feel doable or a little scary? It's okay either way, and likely that it's both. Change can push you, but when it's necessary and you know why, it will help you push back and push through. As you work to create your personalized self-care plan, you may want additional support and inspiration. You can check out other episodes of the podcast by searching for self-care in the title or look specifically for numbers 5, 7, 10, 16, and 90 through 92. For hands-on help, you have two options, a workshop or working one-on-one together. My specialty is helping you find harmony in all aspects of juggling business and family, especially as a multi-passionate. For the workshop, I will walk you through these five steps with visuals, examples, and answers to questions. More importantly, this creates accountability needed because I know how even when you want to sit down and complete the plan, it can still be a struggle to carve out the time and energy to do it. When we do it together, it's more energizing and efficient. 
For the one-on-one, you'll want to book a strategy session where we'll not only map out your self-care plan, we'll take full inventory of your life and business and create an entire weekly template and master task list. For either of those, head to positivelyproductive.com slash coaching to find out more. And if you have questions, please DM me. I'm happy to connect with you. Thank you for joining me today. Your time is precious and limited, and I'm honored you chose to spend it with me. If you have feedback, questions, or want to schedule a chat, head to positivelyproductive.com slash connect. And if you are looking for any of the resources referenced on the podcast, from books to products to training and more, go to positivelyproductive.com slash resources.